All right, guys, we've made it through part one with some fiery tips on what we can do in the bedroom to spice up our sex life. And now on to part two with this scorching hot episode with my girl, Emily Morse, aka Sex with Emily. In today's episode, Emily shares the most sizzling insights on how millions of women like us can be empowered to embrace our sexuality and self-pleasure. Yes, guys, I'm going to be talking about masturbation. Let's not get shy because this is something that is for our health and for the sake of our relationship that we've got to stop being shy about and we need to pay attention to. Now, before we dive in, guys, if you're looking for an even more extra cherry on top dose of women of impact then go over because we're improving and elevating your listening experience with women of extra impact subscription on apple podcast guys you can listen with zero ads so you can save your time and you can access exclusive curated playlists on essential topics like health confidence badassery business relationships and yep sex so now you can dive deep into any of those topics and learn even more on the subject. All right. So to get that, guys, go over and subscribe and get your first week for free at apple.co slash women of impact. That's apple.co slash women of impact. Get your extra dose today. And now, without further ado, second episode with my girl, Emily Morse. And I'm not sure if you actually just mentioned, but so many assumptions that we bring to the table. So like... Um, the assumption and for me was what, so when I have alcohol, you give me one glass. I mean, we've been out, it's just get giggly. Yeah. I get giggly. I get yeah. funny. It's like, I want to jump my husband's bones. Yeah. I'm like, come it. You know, like I'm very vocal. Yeah. And I thought the guys do the same, but when guys drink, actually it um, inhibits them, right? It can from inhibit them. And for, from Absolutely it can. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, that, listen, there are so many different factors that are contributing to us being sexually healthy. But since we compartmentalize our sex life, we put kind of, we just put it over here and we don't talk about, we don't investigate all the factors. So yes, our health, our physical health, our mental health. All of these things are contributing to it. So if you're someone who's a big drinker, if you're having a cocktail every night or two, I mean, again, we all metabolize alcohol differently, but it could 100% have an impact on your erection. If you're taking an antidepressant or blood pressure medication, it can impact your erection, your ability to have an orgasm. We have to remember that, that it's, it's, it's a bio-individuality. We are all so different and you have to look at all of the factors, your mindset, your physical health, your mental health, how embodied are you? How often do you move your body? How well do you communicate about sex? Those are all the reasons why you're not getting hard, but it does not have to do with you. So with your partner, like if I'm with somebody, now I know, like there's a million different things going on, but it's typically not about me. I've got so much to talk about. So I want to talk about age as well and the difference in age and things like that. So if you don't mind, actually, before we touch on that, do you mind breaking down the five pillars? Yes, of course. So- so here's the five pillars. So again, I was writing this book. I'm like, here's all the tips. We got the oral chapter. We got the anal chapter. We got the sex positions. And then I realized that after all these years, people do want the quick fix, but there are five pillars of becoming sexually intelligent and sexually well that you need to be aware of. They are fundamental. They're the foundation of your sexual health. And they're going to fluctuate throughout your lifetime. They're going to change. They could change day to day, week to week, month to month. So the first one is embodiment. How in my body am I? Do I feel my feet on the floor right now? Do I have my hands on this couch? When I'm having sex with someone, do I feel what's going on in my body or am I leaving and disassociating? The second one is health. Our overall physical health and mental health. Am I moving my body? Am I in shape? Again, blood flow. If I am 
not moving my body, not exercising, it's going to impact my sex life. If I'm on medications, I'm not eating well, I'm not healthy. Your so health, you're saying nutrition, I nutrition bet. Nutrition is massive. Massive. It's a healthy diet. It's foods that feel good to you. That's all important. It's massive. If you exercise, what you eat, and then your mental health. Have you dealt with any traumas? Are you in therapy? All those things are important. What medications are you taking? The third one is collaboration. How well do you communicate with your partner about your sex life? Do you talk about it? Do you have resentments? Are you withholding on things? You might even have something going on in your relationship right now that you haven't talked to your partner about. That's going to impact your ability to be sexual. So that's collaboration. And then there's self-acceptance. Do I accept myself where I am today? Do I accept my body? Do I accept myself, my, my sexual experience? And that's really the confidence one. How confident am I? How much do I accept my where I'm at today? And then the fifth pillar is your self-knowledge. Do I know what turns me on? Do I know my fantasies, my fetishes? What temperature I need the room to be? What time of day I'm the most aroused and turned on? What I need leading up to sex? Do I need to shower? Do I need a clean house? Um, do I need dirty talk? Do I need So it's really about taking all your years of sexual history, everything that you've done, and to date, how well do you know yourself? And the combination of all five of those pillars are going to help you feel sexually healthy and well. And I do have a sex IQ quiz. It is a very loving quiz. It's going to guide you in the direction of where you might want to focus first of how you can start to become more sexually aware, healthy, and conscious. Oh, I conscious. love that. And I love how you break it down and you call it the sex IQ, which is so smart because then smart pun intended. Um, so you can like really figure out like how smart you are over there and then exactly. how to get better because that is so important that there's these different pillars you really do need to touch. And as part of what I wanted to go deep down is the, the age, right? So taking all of your past, you even said your knowledge and things like that. And then I never, it never occurred to me to think about, oh, when I was 21, this is what I was into. Obviously, I was married at 23. So like my sex drive, my husband's sex drive, our interaction, our dynamic is very different now that I'm in my 40s, been married for 20 years. Yeah. And really talking through a, just the difference in age from a psychological and physical standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with experience and how you've evolved. So let's actually just take, take the, the, the mindset and the physiology. So number one, when I first met my husband, he was four times a day, like rabbits. <laughs> I was bloody exhausted. I was like, does this man want to do anything else for this time? And then now, 20 years later, he's like, babe, I'm not the 20-year-old guy. Immediately, the first thing I thought of is, oh, it's me. Am I getting too old for him? And so I just, because as you yes. know, my relationship with him, we're very open. So I was like, babe, is everything okay? You know, and his response being very honest, he's just like, I'm not 20 years old anymore. Yeah. But if you're not, if you don't have that communication, how many of us project or think through, hang on a minute, we had this really hot, spicy sex for the first few months. He couldn't keep his hands off me. And now two years later, like, mm -hmm. He's burping and yeah. snoring and, you know, like <laughs> exactly. that sort of thing. We make it about us. Mm, we totally do, Lisa. And I'm glad you brought this up because we need to normalize the fact that at the beginning of any relationship, this is why you're together. They call it the honeymoon phase for a reason. It feels amazing. You've got this a delicious feel-good cocktail of all those hormones that feel so good. Dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. And they are firing in all cylinders. It's new, exciting. I've never kissed this person this way. I've never touched this person this way. Like, it's just a thrill. However, it is a drug. You literally look at the brainwave patterns of people falling in love and people like in the new stage and people on cocaine and they had the same exact brainwaves. It is a drug. This is what's happening. It's the hormones. 
just like anything that great that feels that good, what goes up has to come down. And you cannot sustain and maintain that level of attraction and arousal. You can still be attracted to each other, but what I say is it looks differently. It morphs, it changes over time. And that's when I usually start seeing people. Very few people are coming at me in the honeymoon phase because there's no problems. <laughs> this is the best person. They smell so good. They taste so good. They can do no wrong. They are my everything. We're having sex all the time until they're not. And so this is when the communication, the collaboration, the knowledge all has to come into play because things do change over time. We do get set in our ways. Our hormones change. You know, our hormones for women, we're on a 28-day cycle. So not only year to year, but month to month, there's certain times a month where, you know, some women find when they, right before ovulation, they are so horny. They want sex all the time, but when they have their period, less so. And then for men also, we've got hormones. I mean, there's a lot of sex that hormone driven, but when men get into their 40s, for many, there's a drop in testosterone. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of different factors that are coming into play that we have to pay attention to all of them. Again, that's why the five pillars come in handy, but also just what you want in your 20s, even like food-wise, movies-wise, book-wise, like everything changes. But since there's not a lot of information around sex, sometimes we just keep having sex the same way. We're setting ourselves up against the same standards and we're just changing. And so that's why I encourage people to look at their sex life as a journey, right? Like it's changing and you're exploring and there's so much that you can learn together. Like get curious about your Mm -hmm. sex life. Download my yes, no, maybe list, which is at my website, sexwithemily.com. It has 80 different sex acts, like dirty talk, spanking, kissing, taking a bath together. I mean, and you can get together, you can make, we just updated it. So it's interactive. Is it a yes? Is it a no? Is it a maybe? Because what we crave in long-term relationships, we crave the spontaneity, the newness, the novelty. So sometimes trying something new could just be a vibrator, a lubricant, a new position, but that's going to stoke the dopamine and the newness and the excitement. So these are the level of conversations I want people to have. Babe, how many times a week feels good to us? When do we want it? You know, we've decided we don't want it every day. And if you want it four times a week and I want it once a week, so that means we need to find two and a half times a week to connect on our best days. How do we do that? And I also want to encourage people to know that it doesn't have to be just intercourse. And in fact, I encourage people that maybe it's mutual masturbation. Maybe it's a massage. Maybe one day you give your partner a massage, they give you a massage because sometimes we're not necessarily craving the sex, but we're craving connection and intimacy. Mm, and that's going to change. Oh, dude. Okay. There's so many good things there. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, first of all, I want to talk about... I didn't had I had no idea that depending on so as we're talking about like the age and depending on you know when you meet them and things like that there's going to be so many different variables and it never dawned on me it never dawned on me there were so many different variables so for instance and again I I, I did just a Google search um, what are the things that women most search for and it broke it down depending on where you're from. And how old you are. And okay. I was like, oh my God, there's so much complexity here. Yes. No one, none of us are mind readers. So depending on what city or what country you're from and how old you are, it's going to differ from the search and your interest. So let me just throw a few wow. out. I found okay. this totally fascinating. So for instance, in the United States right now, women are 102% more likely to view an ebony porn video. And um, British, um, 31% more likely to watch rough sex videos. British okay. people. Okay. So just by depending on where you're from, uh-huh. you're searching for different things. Um, this was fascinating. Um, 
women in Canada are 36% more likely to be into threesomes than French women are uh, 103% more into cuckold videos. So in just doing my research on the different country, women, this is women searching, are interested in different things. Now you want to throw in age. I'm just going to throw, I just found this fascinating again. Um, The thing that women are looking most for, the age between 25 and 35 are tattooed women in porn. Interesting. I had no idea. I'm not quite sure why. Between the age of 35 and 44, they're looking for double penetration. Okay. (laughs) And between uh, 55 and 64, they're looking for porn called vintage porn which who knew that actually existed? Yeah, probably porn back from when they were younger, right? The uh, old school porn. And now the last one, 65, (laughs) age 65 and older, they're 143% more likely to look for videos about hand jobs. Interesting. So as I started to go down a rabbit hole, as you can see, I was like, in everything we're talking about, when you're meeting someone for the first time, Compared to now being in a relationship, let's say, for 15, 20 years, now, depending on when you were born, where you were born, where you're from, like the age, there's so much mystery that the reason why I really want to talk about this is like now, hopefully people are like, oh, yeah, yeah I don't I don't know anything about someone else. Yeah. I can only know about myself. Right, exactly. And how fun to get to, to learn when you're with somebody new. Don't make any assumptions about their sex life, that you know their history. Just like when you meet someone and you ask them, like, what's your passion? What's your favorite trip? Where do you want to go traveling when you're older? What, would you, what did you want? to be when you grew up? What do you want to do? Like, like, get curious about their their sexual interests as well. I also have the 69 questions in the book. I have these cards that you can... you can find also on my website, but mostly in the book is these 69 questions. So these 69 questions are basically questions that you ask your partner to get to know them better sexually. Because... I get that we might not know the questions to ask. We might be really shut down. And that's why, I mean, a lot of what I do is give people the tools so you can get curious and you can learn more. We cannot make assumptions and how great to know, like, what's your biggest turn on? What's the most memorable time you've had sex? When do you feel the most loved? When do you feel the most turned on? What's your number one fantasy? What's the, you know, what's your favorite sex position? Like, have fun with this. Because again, once we melt away the shame and the worry and the judgment, and you're with a partner who's like, yes, I want to learn. Yes, let's do this. Let's go. You're going to have so much more pleasure and way, way less pain. So talking about, as you can see with all these differences, it's just, it's, it's, it's the most important thing you can do when it comes to sex. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 
86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you you anymore. And that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doctor that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc dot com slash Lisa and download the ZocDoc app for absolutely free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Lisa. ZocDoc dot com slash Lisa. What do you think is the most in having done all of your work and your book? And I mean, you've just been in this industry talking about for sex for so long. What do you think is like the hardest thing for people to really do? I think it would be to talk about it in a non-shaming, non-blaming way hmm. where they're really, really good listeners and they learn to prioritize their sex life and figure out and recognize that that they have different arousal patterns and different arousal styles. So yeah, I would have to say it's communication. Communication is a lubrication. I would say it's really hard for people to to talk about sex in a way that's productive and helpful. That's what I was going to say. How do you like advise them to stay open to it? Because if that is the number one thing That's where it. it's like people just got to communicate and then the belief system that they bring to the table, right? Like when you talk about the shame and the judgment, it really is the belief system of who you are and then what it means to say X, Y, and Z or do X, Y, and Z, especially when you're brought up in a religious household, like growing up Greek Orthodox, sex wasn't discussed. Literally, my grandmother was the stork, brought the baby. Exactly. They don't even, right. Yeah, that's what my grandmother <laughs> told me. <laughs> right. You don't know. You're like, okay, look, look, that, that, that's it. Why would you believe any different? So here we have this thing, which is sex, which is like just completely shrouded in mystery. And then we send our kids off into the world. It's like giving them the keys to the car without having taken driver's training. That's what sex is. Sex is people are going out into the world and they're like piecing together things they were told. If they grew up in a religious environment, it's shameful and wrong to have sex even beyond if it's not for procreation. So the deck, the decks are set again, are, are stacked against most of us when it comes to sex. So being able to unpack everything that you've been told to unlearn everything that's wrong, which is a lot of the things, and then to 
relearn to follow sex positive voices, to to challenge your own beliefs and saying like, what are my limiting beliefs around sex? Oh, I feel like if I ask for what I want in bed that I'm a slut. Or I feel like if this partner tries to this thing, that means that they're too easy. Or it means that mm-hmm. we have so many judgments around it. And so once those start to melt away and we decide that we get to decide who we want to be as a sexual being, we're in charge of that message. It makes it a lot easier to be in a healthy relationship so you can go forward because the actual technical sex, we can troubleshoot all that. Like you have pain, you want to do a certain position, your partner wants to try something new, they want to try a fantasy, they want to try a kink. Like that stuff's easy. It's all the other stuff that we bring around and that makes sex really, really hard. And so thank you. And I don't think I'm giving anything away because you say it in your book, but you went from the person who would fake it to now, you said 23 orgasms in a day. I, I was did. like, homie, <laughs> teach a woman how. Like, I well, thought seven was amazing. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm a queen. Seven's great. Well, I was like, you know, I had a lot of time that day. <laughs> I had but our friend, the magic wand. Okay. <laughs> we love it. We do love the magic yeah. wand. Um, so, no, it was like, it was through the partner and we were exploring, we were having fun. And then I just like, you, because here's the thing about women. This is why we're so amazing. Okay, here's the difference between men and women. Ready? Mm-hmm. Men have a longer refractory period. That is the time that it takes them to have an orgasm, get hard again, and have another one. For some men, it can be five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour as we get older. For some men, it's 24 hours. Mm-hmm. For women, we are blisses where we're very blessed. We can have many, many orgasms and it's regenerative. It's helpful. It's, you know, multiple orgasms, but we don't realize it. We don't realize the source of our, of our, um, I guess of our potential. We don't realize our eroticism. We don't understand that once we can fan the flames and have one orgasm, we can, it's all energy, right? So sex is energy and it's, we can have to circulate that energy in our body. So it's by like breathing into our first orgasm. And then maybe if we are using our hand or a penis or a toy, we take that away. And then we just start to breathe until we start to feel it rise again. And then we can bring something back. So I think, believe that day I was playing with a partner. We were experimenting, using toys, doing a lot of different things. And it was a, it was a long, fun evening. So, but like, you can't rush through it, girl. I'm like, I'm like, I want to know what you'd, so you woke up. <laughs> okay. So actually I'm joking, but I'm not really joking. So, I'm going to assume, so you were not stressed. No. You cleared your day. Because I'm really like, serious, yes. let's, let's break this. Because if I, I want to get to 23, we were on vacation. You were on, vac- you were on vacation? We were away. We were like okay. away at a, yeah. Okay, so no distractions. No distractions, no work. Okay, you'd been with him for, you were comfortable. I've been about a year and a half. Okay, so you were comfortable to be comfortable. around him. I felt you safe. Had, okay, so you've had sex before, felt safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're on vacation, which probably means you're getting vitamin D. Yes, of getting my vitamin D. I didn't have the stressors of my home. Remember we talked about novelty being a huge connecting force uh-huh. for couples. Okay. Novelty. I didn't have to look in the corner and see my laundry or the unpaid bills or it was something new. It was new for both of us. We had never been in this hotel room before. We had never been in this place before. It was exciting. It was sunny. It was warm. There was vitamin D. There was a sense of connection and excitement and we knew that we were going to try. I mean, listen, you know this. One of the great perks of my job is I get a lot of great pleasure products sent to me every single day. So we brought a bunch of new not fun things to and you play spoke with. about that before yeah so it becomes the foreplay of like oh should we yeah. okay what should we bring yeah i had lingerie i had arousal gels i had sex toys i had games i had all this really fun stuff to play with okay it was like a sex wonderland literally i think i had a second suitcase 
I had everything we needed for pleasure. Okay, so you were very prepared. Very prepared. Okay. Yep, I was very calm. I was prepared. I think a lot of times when we set ourselves up for like, I'm going to try to have 20 orgasms a day, like it's not going to happen. It was pressure. It was more like, we've got time. We've got luxury. I think we worked out that morning. We went on a hike. We came back. We had sex. We had breakfast. We were just really aroused, turned on. We went swimming, came back. We're wet. We're, you know, it kept going throughout the day. And so really that's what it was about. We're like, and, and I was with an enthusiastic, loving partner who my energy fed his energy, his energy fed my energy. So it was, I mean, remember, that's what sex is. The partners that you want to be with, you're feeding off of each other's arousal and desire and orgasms, and it keeps going. And so I think that he was excited, that I was excited. Again, that's that's what great sex is about. So it went throughout the day, throughout the evening, and... We slept, I slept really, really well. <laughs> you did. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you have any, like, did you have any external, like, scents and things like that? Or was it? So I always do. So when I want to have, like, a really sexy evening, I love massage candles. So here's the thing about having what I, what I consider to be really great connected sex is I like to bring all of the senses into my environment. I like to, like, when you hear, like, about a romantic bedroom or a sexy place, I love massage candles. I love a candle that can burn in. This is not a regular candle, but it burns into like really luxurious oils. So you have like a candle that you blow out and then you can pour that on your partner. They pour it on you and it's like warm and it turns into massage oil. So I love that. So I love having that scent. We had a really sexy playlist going. We had the waves of the ocean like lapping up on the shore. We had, you know, we had, you know, just, um, yes, we had music. We had touch. We had... Um, fabrics that make me feel good. Here's the other thing I want to say about senses and arousal is that, yes, it's good to be sexy for a partner, but really this goes back to confidence. What makes me feel turned on? What makes me feel sexy? So I was wearing some sexy things that I felt really good in, like some lacy, strappy, more bondage type gear that was what I was into at the time. We had some fun, kinky things to play with. Here's the other thing about about collaborating sexually. That's something spanking or using a paddle or tying each other up or using blindfolds. It's just another way to play. I think people picture that stuff to be like this 50, you know, 50 shades of gray or red room of pain. It really just means that when you take away one sense, the other senses become more heightened. So there was a lot of things to play with. There was a lot of fodder for our pleasure. Dude, that's so cool. Um, How much do you talk about then role play within it? So like, as you were saying, spanking, how much do you actually, if if you don't mind actually uh, no. discussing this, Let's because talk about it. it can be a little sensitive, but like, for <laughs> instance, if I turned around and it, I, I did that where you just, right, the environment, the place, like all the candles, Tom, I think would probably dig it. If I turned around and spanked him though, he'd be so fucking surprised. He'd like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so how much do you actually talk about role play? Because Tom and I, when we talk about masculine and feminine, we very much talk about that. And again, just being very honest with our communication, yeah. he's always been very honest with it. He likes the masculine role. Yeah. And I'm always very honest. I like him to play the masculine. I don't like the dominatrix yes. part. Again, zero judgment. Fucking go ham if you like yeah. it. But discussing that, how much do you think it's important to discuss ahead of time? Really important. And how much can people ebb and flow between roles? Some people ebb and throw. It's such a great question because I think the masculine and the feminine is a really important conversation of the sexual polarity. Mm, yeah, can you explain yeah, that? Because I, I was actually, explain. I love the Yeah, so, so polarity is a really interesting concept. And I think that it's a newer concept for many people and they get caught up in the gender. So I'm not talking about gender at all here. I'm not talking about like you could have two men, two women, 
to create polarity, to create opposition, you need a positive force and a negative force. Think of two magnets. If you have two positive magnets, they're going to detract. So you need the positive and the negative force. So then you need the masculine and the feminine. And we all have it inside of us. You and I both, we run businesses. We're badass. I run, I'm in my masculine. I'd say more than I'm in my feminine throughout mm. the day. Yeah. I'm in phone calls. Mm-hmm. I'm doing shit. I'm doing shows. I'm do, making deals. I'm talking. I'm like getting shit done. That getting shit done mentality is the masculine. We, again, we all have it in us. And the masculine is more directive. It's purposeful. It has a mission. It has, it's more of the structure. And the feminine is more nurturing creative. There's more flow. There's more energy. It's more ethereal. That is the feminine. So I have that too in my day, in my daily life, but I would say I am more into the masculine. When I go into the bedroom, I am in my feminine. I feel more, I am more submissive. I want my partner to be more dominant. Again, some people are switches. Some people do both. Sometimes they, you know, and don't get me wrong. Like sometimes with my partner, I'll want to give him a massage. I'll want to lead. I'll want to do at his pleasure. Then he'll turn to me and make it about my pleasure. That's different than saying like, I want him to take the lead. And just remember this, couples who find that they have don't have the chemistry anymore, that can't get it going, it's because they're either both in their masculine or they're both in their feminine. No one's making a move. No one's initiating. This train isn't going anywhere. That's platonic. That's a platonic relationship, okay? There is no chemistry there. You have to have somebody lead and follow. If nobody initiates, there's zero sex happening, mm-hmm. okay? If you're both passive, nothing's gonna happen. So it's understanding that polarity and how that manifests and how that looks in relationships is very, very different. But to go back to the spanking, for example, I just talked to my partner about it. I'm like, I like when you're playful. I like when you, you know, tug my hair or you give me a spanking. You know, we we did the yes, no, maybe list. Like we literally did that when we first started dating and it was like, what's your yes, what's your no, what's your maybe. And we went through a whole bunch of sex acts and how fun to find out like you like spanking, I like spanking. And I think it was very clear that I am more the submissive and he is more the dominant. And so it was clear that I would like to be spanked or I would like to be tied up, you know? And if he asked me for that, I would be down to do that. But, you know, it hasn't come up yet and that's fine. He knows like his role. And for him, it feels really good to be in charge and that helps him fuel his masculine. So it's just a concept of polarity. And so getting into that now, here's the other thing that I think is really important for people to understand as a woman and who likes to be submissive, I need to consciously get myself into the feminine in order to receive in the bedroom. Otherwise, like I'm bringing up work in the bedroom and what I want to do, like that is not hot. That's not going to spark the flames of our desire. So when I know that I want to be my feminine, for me, it's slowing things down. It's taking a bath. It's breath work. When I breathe, deeply into my pelvic, like, like if I just stop for a few minutes and I breathe or I take a bath or I know that all day, like I need a disconnect between work and like love and romance and attraction. So I'll take a bath. I put some of my best smelling oil in my body. I'm touching my body. I'm connected to my body again. And then I breathe. Maybe it's just 10 deep breaths. But when you breathe, you want to connect to your power source, which is your pelvic floor, where all the sexual energy and arousal, no matter what your body part is, you can relate to the fact that when you're feeling turned on, you're feeling it in your genitals. You're feeling it right here. So this goes for men and for women as well, because I also don't want to make the assumption that every man is just ready to go. That's a disservice Mm -hmm. to men. Like you should always be hard and turn on and ready to go. But as a woman, what I do is I will breathe deeply, like a long breath, and then I'll do a little kegel. 
Okay. Mm. A kegel is those pee stopping muscles that stop and start the flow of urine. We all, and men can do them too. So when you do that, it's almost like you're pumping your sex, your sexual organs. You're pumping them and you're waking them up. So I'll breathe. Maybe I'll take five deep breaths in and then I'll do a kegel. And then I release on the way out. I'm doing them right now. Yeah. <laughs> and do a kegel. Well, when you do that, you're like, hello, I'm here. I'm connecting. I'm awakening. Because throughout the day, like, let me tell you this, Lisa. We talk about the top questions I get asked is, how do I get turned on for sex? Why aren't I in the mood anymore? Well, a lot of us walk around and all day long, we are disconnected from our bodies. Maybe we're not even liking our bodies. We're actually just, we, we're hating our bodies. And I hear this from women a lot, more than men too, that we just are having like, not body love at all, like body hate. I can't believe I gained weight. I didn't work out. Why did I eat this? Why did I do that? I don't like the shape of my butt. I don't like the shape of my hand, whatever it is. And then we think that we should get into the bedroom and feel turned on and ready to go. If you are abusing yourself throughout the day verbally, it is not going to happen that way. So we have to do practices too. And I've got a lot of that in the book too. And this is one of the pillars is learning to feel more safe, secure, and confident in our body. And I'm not even talking about body love because that could be a big stretch for some people. It could just be being neutral. It could be body neutrality. Mm. Today, I'm not going to hate my body. Today, I'm going to be neutral. I'm going to find a few things that I love about my body. You know, I love that my legs can walk me up the stairs. I love that my legs can get, you know, get me, you know, across town or that my hands can, you know, draw because I love to draw. Like we all have things that we can find that we love about our body. And as cheesy as that might sound to be like, oh yeah, you want me to like, yeah, it actually works. Like I'm telling you, this stuff works. We have to find what we love and what's working for us because otherwise it is just, we're, we're going to be robbing ourselves of pleasure, which is such a cornerstone of our, our joy. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about? That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Yeah, you were the one that actually introduced me to the neutrality thing because before I didn't even realize how much I was just insulting myself. So it wasn't even like talk nicely to yourself. It's like, no, just identify when you're talking badly about yourself. And I think you were like saying, just just walk past the mirror and see how often you you give yourself a negative comment. I was like, oh my God, all the time. It was like this automatic response. And I didn't even realize I was doing it until you pointed it out. Mm. So my first step was just stop 
being mean to yourself, right? Yes. And then it was like, okay, that's a good step in the right direction. Yes. Um, and going back to what you were saying about like, especially us women now who are working more, building our own businesses, becoming freaking badasses, wanting to be our own bosses, there is that um, complex juxtaposition between being a badass, being super strong, being in your masculine when you're at work and then going home and then being in your feminine and being able to be honest with that because I think a lot of people think, oh, well, if you're like this, then you're always going to be like this. Mm -hmm. So actually, I'd love to ask you when you're in your masculine, you met somebody new, do mm -hmm. you talk about wanting to be in your feminine? Because I'm going to make an assumption. Some people may project and see you as a badass and go, oh, well, she wants to be dominant in the bedroom too. Mm -hmm. So as women now who may be listening who are freaking badasses, how do they communicate with their partner that actually they want to be in the feminine? And then I loved how you just broke down how mm -hmm. you go into your feminine. Yeah, I think that these women have to cultivate their feminine. I think I'm hearing this from a lot of women too. They're like, like they go on dates, they can't find a guy, guys aren't attracted, or they, they, they're not making the move or whatever, or they're not feeling sexual or attracted to anyone. If you know that you are a woman who in the bedroom, you want to go into your feminine and you want to be more submissive, you have to bring that submissive person to your date. To the person, you have to, she, they have to show up. And I know it doesn't feel safe if we've been told that we gotta kick ass and we gotta be productive. We gotta check things up our list. We really are living in a man's world. It is, it is a, it is a masculine world. Everything is set up that way. We have to achieve. We have to go. We have to check things off the list. And so when we're going out with somebody or when we're like learning someone new, we have to learn to cultivate. And the best way I can do that, and again, you might, I might lose you all with this. It might sound very, very woo to people, but I am telling you, it is energy. And so when I have found that I am not like, like that, I really take a few minutes and I breathe and I even start to do things where I, I start to like move my pelvic floor. Like this is the circulation. You start to move, like you could be in a bar, you could be at a dinner, you could be somewhere, somewhere. And when you start to connect your breath and your body to your pelvic floor, even though it's just like moving in a counter circle motion and then moving it back the other way, you are starting to, and there's been studies and there've been exercises that show that that energy is going to be emanated and your partner or somebody masculine is going to be able to pick up on that energy and respond to that and feel that. And that's how you start to cultivate it. And you can do this on your own. I did some pole dancing too. Shout out to my girl, Sheila Kelly. She's been doing it for almost 20 years. She's something called S-curve. And this pole dancing is not about like looking sexy for anybody else. It's about moving to the, the natural S-curve of your body and learning to move in a way that is that is supportive of the feminine, of your pelvic floor, of your ass, of your breasts, and just learning to, and like letting go of tension, like learning to dance. Like dancing is a very feminine, mm -hmm. is a very feminine place to be. So even if you just dance around your room naked, you know, you don't have to go take a class like that. But for me, learning that I haven't danced in a while, I haven't let go, I haven't listened to music, that is the feminine, that is the creativity. So before you go on a date, it doesn't mean weak. Feminine is not weak. Mm -hmm. Feminine is, is, is your, is your birthright. Feminine is who you are. Like, I think that when we show up in our masculine, it's really hard for those masculine men to see how you need them. And you might just need them to hold space for you, to make you feel like a woman. And then that's going to help fuel your sexual desire and energy. But the physical, the exercises around that is breathing. It's dance. It's creative energy. It's writing. It's connecting with other women. It's, it's being in nature. It's all of those things that you hear about, but 
those are the things that are attached to the feminine. And this is like the beginning of time. I'm not making up any of this stuff. This is the stuff that's going to fuel you. If you haven't had your feet on the ground, if you haven't walked barefoot in nature, there's a lot of things that go outside every morning and walk on the earth, feel more grounded with the earth. These are the ways that you're going to feel more in touch with your feminine. And so I think that your partner will, will sense that. I mean, I think that with my partner too, and we'll say to each other, we haven't had sex in a while. Like, what's going on? Like, how can we make this happen? And I know, like, we need to, like, switch things up or get out of the house. Or I'm like, well, let me just go for a workout. Let me work out. Let me get outside. Let me walk around the block. You know, let me do these things so I can come back and be be present. And then the masculine and the feminine, it's like yin-yang. They they read all our energy. So it's their energy. So the it's so hard to, sometimes it can be hard to explain, but, like, the masculine will feed off the feminine. So if I'm bringing the energy, the masculine takes that energy and they, they start to feel that in their body. And it's a you know, circular exchange. It's so damn powerful. Thank you for breaking it down because I honestly think this is one of the conversations that people need to have in a relationship. And because me and Tom are so open, as I went from the stay-at-home wife to then realizing who I was, building my own confidence, this was a subject that I was completely in my feminine all the time. I was completely, I guess, submissive, we would say. And in finding who I was in becoming like strong and a badass and building my confidence, my husband loved it, except in the bedroom. And this was one thing that he literally said. And we had a beautiful conversation because we could be honest, right? But he was like, look, I love you and I understand why. And I'm so proud of you for finding who you are and building your confidence. But I still want to be the masculine one in the relationship and in the bedroom. And so having that honest conversation, I didn't even realize. So when you say energy, it is so important to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Because in my discussion with him, if Tom hadn't have said anything, I don't know if I would have realized. Mm -hmm. And I think now that I would have brought it to the bedroom without realizing it and now wondering why is there weird friction between us? And I don't know if I would have had the words to it. But knowing the two and knowing how to go from one to the other, like what you were saying, right? How do you transition? Mm -hmm. How do you go? Because you don't necessarily want to be and maybe you do. So I'm just going to speak for myself. When I'm in my business, I want to be a fucking t- tough nut. Like I want to be like, like, you know, that because you're getting, it's like you're getting punched in the face yes, every all the day. T- all the time. Right. It's really hard to make that switch. Yeah. You don't want to be soft. You don't want to be right. Or like more feminine, if you will. It's really, it's, 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 it's it has to be a conscious effort and it's really hard. And there's days, you know, long days, long hours, and we're just living there. But I think the world needs more of the feminine. I think we need it. I think we're healing. We're nurturing. We are, we give life. We are the life force. And I think that, it, that when the pendulum swings and we're all in our masculine, that we lose a lot of like creativity and love and connection. And I think it's letting us know that, that that is a safe space too. And it's safe for men to feel things. It's okay for men to be sad. It's okay for men to be express emotions and feelings and to be in their feminine. Right now we're talking about sex, but I think it's just important that for, for men to realize like that's okay too. And then that's how, and I'm sure you and Tom have that. He has times where he's down and you, you do the yin yang and you, you know when he needs you to be maybe in the mask and when he's feeling emotions about something. And we do that naturally maybe in other parts of our relationship, right? But we have to think about it. That's also what's coming into play when you're struggling with arousal and desire in the bedroom. All right, let's get into your feminine. Yes. Girl, I could talk to you freaking forever. You're amazing. Everything we just spoke about is in your book, but where can they find you and your amazing book, Smart Sex? Smart Sex. Find uh, Sex with Emily on all platforms. My podcast is released twice a week. You can get Smart Sex wherever you buy books. Take the Smart Sex quiz. Check out our resource guide on the website and have better sex, have smarter sex. Find it everywhere, Sex with Emily.